guys, this is our this is our uh, last podcast. We're about to go do something real bad. Well, hello everybody. I'm Arden Rose. And I'm Will Dobbs. And you're listening to Crash on My Couch. Which is our one-stop pit stop of the internet. Of all the interesting things that you would like to hear about. Ain't that right, Willie? That is right. This week on Crash on My Couch... We update you on that sticky, icky, icky situation in California. We talk about our crazy diamond in South Africa. And we crack the code on the latest spy conspiracy coming out of the U.S. This week and more on on Crash Crash on My Couch. Couch. Hello, Hello, guys. guys. And welcome back to Crash Crash on on My Couch. Couch. I'm Arden Rose. And I'm Will Dobbshire. And do we still intro our podcast? Is that the thing we still do? I don't think we did it last time. I, mean, I think we should. You like, we stick to it occasionally, but not really. I think we should. I think it's like a really like fun. Fun little moment between us. Yeah, it's like a, you know, good way to intro it. It makes it seem more official than just talking shit for 45 minutes. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, yeah, okay. Well, I've heard your request, and we'll talk about it. We'll you know, see. it makes me feel like we're on, like, a radio... We're on, a, like, a... We're disc jockeys. We're, we're like, doing we're like, something. Whoa, yeah. here we are. Radio DJ. Yeah. Coming in hot. Yeah. It's like we're the Howard Stern show. But yeah. less but terrible. Less yeah. misogynistic. Yeah. yeah, and terrible. Um, um, but anyway, hi, guys. Welcome back. Uh, okay, so what is, what's been up with you lately? What's, um, what's your fucking deal, bro? Whoa. What's your fucking <laughs> that deal? That came out of nowhere. <laughs> Um, me and Arden were away last week, um, did a spot of skiing, because that's what we do, we ski now. Um, we do ski now. Like, you say it jokingly, but I only want to ski now. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I never thought, like, I've told you this before, but I was not the athletic kid when I was younger. No, and she was like a speed demon on the slopes. Oh, thank you, hon. You were too. You're doing great. It was really, really fun. I have a taller, I'm, I'm, I'm too tall, so the, the fall distance is greater and therefore, I makes think it me wor- more nervous. That's the thing. I think you were just worried more. We had Matt was just as tall as you. Yeah, Matt's been doing it for ages. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I did it once when I was ten. Yeah. Well, either way, we had a good time, and you did a great job for coming back to it after the last time you being ten years old when you skied. You really retained a lot of that knowledge because you weren't like we we sort of threw all of our friends down a hill right off the bat. Mm. Like one of our friends, Aaron, just. Like, put his skis on and literally started falling. Yeah. Like, like it was, like, immediately down a hill. Yeah. I think it was the best way to do it, but it was. <laughs> but at the same time, everyone got it quickly, um, even if it did cause, like, a, a little bit of a stressful first day for some. Uh, it ended up being great. And you wanted to go again, and we did. And, you know, it was a good time. And now we can say that we went skiing in France, which is maybe the bougiest thing I've ever done. Yeah. So. That was really fun. But anyways, now I just want to go skiing forever, but I think we should probably talk about what's going on. Yeah, tell us. Okay, well this is an update to a segment we did last week. And it is. Weekly. Idiot. Weekly. Idiot. Weekly. Idiot. It's the Weekly Idiot. Yeah, it is. (laughs) 
So last week, our weekly idiot was Jeff Sessions, for obvious reasons, because he's a doo-doo fart face. <laughs> yeah. Doo-doo. Doo-doo fart face, <laughs> which is maybe not a really great start to, like, a conversation about, <laughs> about legalized marijuana, but fine. Um, yeah, we, we don't love Jeff Sessions because he has uh, very archaic ideas about uh, drugs in general. Uh, if you missed last week, go listen to it, but he basically equates heroin as being just a little bit better than weed which i think we all know is just not true the opioid epidemic in america is shocking and upsetting and once again we talked about all this last week so if you want to listen to that it's a full-blown arden rose rant uh which seems to be my calling card recently but anyways it's it was a fun time we have good news (gasps) we have good news tell me uh via vice news which I love. I love Vice News, although they can get a little wild. Um, the title of this is Californians can now get rid of their old weed convictions. So one of the things that I talked about last week that really uh, irked me about everything Jeff Sessions was saying was that so many people, and we gave exact stats once again last week if you want full, you know, full ideas. All the stuff that we got was from The Guardian. Um, but there are so many people who are in jail for small... Um, misdemeanors over possession of, of marijuana, things that shouldn't really be jail time worthy, but because uh, a police officer scraped together enough uh, in someone's car, they mm-hmm. can send them to jail. Mm-hmm. And a, a large percentage of those people are young black men. Um, and just in general, it's just shitty that that has to be a thing that's a standard in our country. Um, and so it's great to see something like this come forward. Um, January 1st was a big day for California. In addition to legalizing recreational marijuana, the state fully adopted one of the most sweeping criminal justice reforms in recent years. This is exciting stuff. It gives me chills thinking about it. The new law, Prop 64, not only okayed possession for people 21 and older, but also allowed anyone to apply to have their past marijuana-related offenses reduced or expunged completely. And roughly 1 million Californians are eligible, according to the Drug Policy Alliance. 1 million people can be affected by this. That's great. How wild is that? I mean, one of the biggest things about um, any charge, but especially a drug-related charge is that you can't apply for loans or licenses if you have a past felony. It, it's really hard. Yeah, and, it has a negative consequence on everything, doesn't it, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you have a criminal record, like, afterwards, people won't want to hire you. Even if it's something as little as having, like, a nug of weed in your car. Yeah. Like, you Stand can... Stand possession. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you end up not being able to get a job after you get out of jail, and then you... The 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 sad thing is it's sort of a cyclical cycle, because the... It's a cyclical cycle. It's the same thing. Redundant. But, um... <laughs> it It's... You get out of jail, you try to find a job, you can't find a job, and so what do you end up doing? Like, selling drugs again. Because it's the easiest thing that you can do that may be illegal, but you can actually make money from it. And now that all of it's legal, you don't have to worry about any of that shit anymore. But a clean record would allow people to vote, apply for many loans and licenses, and perhaps, most importantly, answer no when potential employers ask whether they have a felony in their past. Because employers can ask that. If you come in for a job interview, and I'm like, you're great. You know what? Graphic designer, doing a great job. Love you. Yeah. Do you have a felony in your past? And you're like, yep, you're about to get to the bottom of my list real quick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's great that this is all happening. Um, And once again, the change particularly affects African Americans in California who were five times more likely to get arrested for a marijuana felony than white offenders and thus disproportionately saddled with the lifelong constraints that come with a criminal record. So it's just helping... 
fucking everyone in California. I, oh, I'm so happy that this happened. Okay. Even if you're not someone that is like particularly into the marijuana sphere of influence being in Southern California, I'm like surrounded by it all the time. Um, but it's just great to see positive stuff happen without bias. Like California seems to be like getting it together. Yeah. I hope. I hope. Absolutely. We're having like wildfires and mudslides, but hopefully we'll make enough tax money from all this marijuana yeah. that we can repair all that shit. Let's yeah. let's hope that's what's gonna I hope that's where the money's gonna go. <laughs> let's hope. Um So great news. Good. Yeah, really honestly, great news. Well, that's so, a nice spin on an otherwise sour story. Yeah. Whoa. I'm so <laughs> Wait, it was a sweet, sweet spin, spin on an otherwise sour, sour story. story. Uh I like that. He also did a thumbs down and a thumbs up when he was saying sweet and sour. Yeah. Just so everyone understands yeah. that there was a real thing there. Yeah. Um, but no, I think it's cool. I think it'll be interesting as well to see how this idea is adopted in different states and also different countries. Like, how crazy would it be if the same thing happened in England? Yeah. Like... Well, we need to... Um, even start to criminalize Legalize it. anything here first. <laughs> Weed is seen as a real big crime, so... Yeah. Catching up. We're going to catch up. Um, <laughs> Eventually. Our second segment is... Yar! Let's, Let's go, go on, on a, a treasure hunt. hunt. Um, Hit me up. What you got? So, we have done this for a while, and this is my favorite segment for obvious reasons, because treasure and finding treasure is a big thing I want to do. So, <laughs> I was reading an article on Gizmodo, which is one of my favorite blogs. You um, love Gizmodo. Every time we talk about something, like, anytime you intro a topic, it's always from Gizmodo. I just love Gizmodo. Okay, so <laughs> You're a Gizhead. <laughs> I'm, I'm a Gizhead. I just love gadgets and Gizzy stuff. Um, <laughs> is Giz a word? It is, because it's called Gizmodo. Um, <laughs> so, get this, guys. I think we've spoken about this before. And I had to have a conversation with Arden prior to this because I was like, fuck, have we spoken about this? But this is something new on an old topic, so I think it's fine. Basically, somebody found a big-ass diamond. And, by, and it wasn't us. And by, <laughs> and, uh, by big ass, it was rated 910 carats. Shit. And it's roughly the size of two golf balls. Oh, Will, I can't believe that that's my engagement ring. Thank Imagine, you I'm like, so much. There's not even a... Like, a I just band. carry it's it. Just a, you just carry a diamond. Or you just try to make a band for me and it breaks like every two days. Well, I could try and save up, but it's, uh, it's a cost of 40 million. Oh. So. Oh. So Kim Kardashian's going to wear it. Yes. Oh, okay, good. Um, yeah. So these guys, uh, these workers found it in a mine and it's now being sold for 40 million. That's but wild. it's crazy when you think about how, it's crazy when you think like how do people find Diamonds. Like, where, where, like, how are people finding... Under the ground. But they, how are people finding, like, these big You know what it is? Diamonds? They must be, like, hacking away, and they're like, this really big rock won't... I can't bust it. What's going on? And yeah. then they just, like, scoop underneath it, and they're like, oh, shit, Bill, we got something big over here. It like, says, that's exactly what happens. It says, the rock uncovered in the landlocked southern African country of Lesbo is a 910-carat decolor type... 11A diamond. This type of diamond makes up 1 to 2% of all natural diamonds, containing no measurable impurities such as nitrogen atoms. Apparently, if they have like impurities and stuff, obviously the cost goes down and stuff, which you didn't know. Yeah, because the clarity changes. Yeah. 
Um, so that's why it's so expensive as well, is because it's like a perfect diamond. Yeah. Okay, ugh, babe, you did not have to go this far for our engagement. You know I love you regardless of what you give me. But thank you. And I can't wait. Um, and just to touch on this, I think I've touched on this before, but they found this one is 910 carats, not grams. Mm. And the Cullian, Cullinian, Cullinian? Diamond, which is the number one diamond, the biggest fucking diamond they've ever found, <laughs> is uh, 3,000 carats. <laughs> which uh, I think uh, they actually found in the same place as... Wait, did they find it in the same fucking place? Bitch, they better start digging. Why are they... What? They found two of the largest diamonds in the world in the same fucking place? They found them both in South Africa, I think, in like the same room. Oh, honey, you gotta keep digging. What is it in South Africa? Where are all these diamonds coming from? We gotta from? keep digging. You're not done yet. You yeah. gotta keep digging. So I'm thinking, we buy a plane ticket to Africa. And get going. South Africa. And get going. Yeah. Start digging around that. Find a mine. That ivory start. coast is about to turn into a diamond getting coast. Getting the pickaxe and just Ooh. see what we can find. Yep. Can I wear... Wait, question, 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 question. How heavy is that? Which one? The really big one. How heavy is the really big one? Oh like 20 God. pounds? Like how much is it? I think it? it's like crazy busy. Crazy busy? Crazy heavy. Crazy heavy. Um, so the weight of the Cullinan diamond is 621 grams. Oh, grams. Okay, wait. 621 grams. I don't know how heavy that... that it feels like that's really heavy. Missing. Oh! No. As you know, it's the lightest shit. No, it's only two pounds. Shh. Bitch. Bitch, I'm wearing that on my head. I am wearing that on my head. You know what's like really satisfying though, which is something you don't think about? When they find it, obviously it's like not like rounded and it's not like no, it's shaped. All... But I love it because it's like you just find this like a block raw, of diamond. A raw diamond. diamond. It's just like, mm, we can make a few things out of this. Ooh, I want to put it on my head. Also, guess how much that went for? Which one? The new one? No. So the the previous diamond, the one they just found, was the fifth largest one. <gasps> and that went for... Um, but it was perfect. But it was 40 million. But it was a beautiful diamond. So the world's largest diamond, which they found in South Africa, uh, went for a stunning 400 million. <gasps> so the produced stones of various cuts and sizes, the largest of which is named Kalinanen, or the Great Star of Africa. Mm. Uh, and at 500 carats is the largest clear-cut diamond in the world. Kalinan won, because they was cut in half. The diamond was cut in half. They cut it? Why the fuck did they do that? Kalinan won is mounted in the head of the sovereign scepter with a cross. Shit. The second largest is Kalinan two, or the second star of Africa, weighing 300 carats, mounted in the imperial state crown. Both diamonds are part of the crown jewels of the United Kingdom. Boom, I'm out. Wait, they're part of the royal crown? Yeah. Crown jewels, bro. Bitch, we're about to go steal the crown jewels. One of them's a scepter. One of them's in the crown. Oh shit, we're about to go steal some stuff, guys. This is our this is our uh, last podcast. We're about to go do something real bad. Yeah, I can't wait. That oh is my nuts, god, isn't it? fuck, that's nuts. Why? Wait, what? Why did South Africa give? Wait, when did they discover that? Was that like in the forties? Why did South Africa <laughs> give like that blowing to? Blowing your mind. Well, but why would South Africa give that to to England? Um, the colonization and imperialism wasn't enough. They also had to uh, give yeah. them the biggest fucking diamond they ever found. It was found in 1905, and the diamond. Oh, was that's put, why. The diamond was put on sale in London, but despite considerable interest, it was unsold after two years. In 1907, the 
Transvaal colony government bought the Cullinan and presented it to King Edward on his 66th birthday. So it was presented to... To King Edward. To King Edward. Fuck. By, by the South African people? Yeah. Was that a company that was in South Africa? Yeah, it was a colony, a South African British colony? Yeah, everything was British colony. Yeah. The Brits basically not sure the history, ravaged every country back in the day. But that's fucking wild. I, oh man, oh! I wish South Africa could have kept it, and then like they're, they're like in the middle of like I don't know Cape Town or some town. Cape Town's just the first one I'm thinking of because Ben Brown. But if it's just like in the middle, there's just like a big oh. like. Can you imagine? Ugh, like a big um like a, not a pyre, but what would you call it's that? It's not big. That's the no, thing. No, 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 no. But uncut, like uncleaned, uncut, just a fucking block. And if it was just sitting like up on a, a big pedestal, that's what I was trying to think. And pedestal. If you can climb it. You get it. No. But nobody can climb it. Nope. Except one day, somebody can. No, and it's not you. No. No, that's not at all what I was trying and to say. And it's me. No, that's not what I was going to say. Stop it. You're not going to do that. <laughs> no. No, don't look at me like that. No. No. One man. No. One diamond. No. South Africa. Shut up. No. Can he climb it? No, he can't. Or will he fail? Babe, if there's the first person ever to climb up that statue, do you really think you're the one that's going to be the Fuck first? yeah, it's going to be me. I'm climbing up whatever statue it is. This is a statue? No, it can't be a statue. It's going to be like... It's going to be like a I heart. already said pedestal. Okay, so like as a pedestal. But does it have footholds? Or is it like... This is imaginary. There's nothing... What are you saying? There's yeah, nothing there. It's all this imaginary. <laughs> it's like, go with the idea. Well, no, because... Listen, honey... There are so many good rock climbers. We watch Ultimate Beastmaster. We both know there are a lot of really good rock climbers. Yeah, so it'd have to be really hard to get. Yeah, really hard to get. And then you're going you're gonna to get it? Hell yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sky Diamond. <laughs> sky Diamond. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skydive and sweep it up on my way down. And I'll land. And everyone's going to cheer. Well, well, well. And they're going to... Put me up in the air and be, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna carry the diamond with me. And they're gonna take the diamond from you and, and shank if, you in the back. And if you're there lucky, you if you're lucky, maybe I'll give it to you as an engagement ring or any ring. Yeah. No, we're selling it for four hundred million. That's what we're doing. That's true. Yeah, we probably should. Yeah, do no, that. we're gonna sell it for four hundred. Or we just put it on a table. It's just like a cool thing. Oh my god! But we like we struggle to make rent, but we just like leave this giant yeah. diamond on the table. We're just like just yeah. like a paperweight. You like, like knock it off, get like, coffee on like, it. <laughs> like you think it looks really pretty? We're like, oh, it's kind of tacky. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> like, what do we do with it? Ooh. <laughs> then we can't find anyone to sell it to because no one thinks it's real. Okay, it's actually... we've gone <laughs> really oh, far with this one. What I was trying to say was that I wanted to be on a pedestal and I want the sun to shine through it the right way and open a tomb. Okay. <laughs> That's what, that's what I was trying to say. It's way more far-fetched than my idea. <laughs> but it's more fun, too, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's all I want, more than anything, is for there to be uh, a tomb that hasn't been opened. Yeah. But I don't think it exists. And it no, really I think bums it does. Out. No, I think it does. There are tons of those pyramids. Like a, like a tomb with, like... But you've got to, like, shine light in it in the right way, and it will just, like, pop open. open. I don't know if it's Indiana Jones style, I sadly. really want it to be. I know. But you know what? There are tons of tombs that are so booby-trapped that people can't get down into them. Yeah. That's a thing. That's, like, a very real thing. And that's pretty cool, too. So you could still be an archaeologist and do all your crazy shit if you want. It's still a possibility. No one's telling you I can't. just feel like we've found so much shit now. I wish I could go back to, like, 200 years back. And then I'd be like, I've got this. 
and I find Tutankhamun's tomb, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Ooh, that'd be sick. Start the British Museum. Where those cool little archaeological... Because you know Tutankhamun's tomb know? was like, when they found it, it was like, you had to like get into the room, and all the room inside was like gold, and it was just there in the center. It wasn't like it was like covered in dirt and shit. It was like presented there, encased in this like room. Imagine. And can you believe that he was like a boy when he died? Yeah. He was a boy king, and they covered his, his all of his walls and shit with gold. <sighs> Bitch, that's a spoiled brat right there. Yeah, like, through the afterlife. Listen, he's when he's I playing die, Nintendo Switch in heaven right we're now. We're covering my room in diamond. Diamond? Oh, because we're going to find the... Di- oh, okay. Yep. All of it's... Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Next segment. Next segment. Uh, what is... It? Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. I have the next one. I saw something really cool today that I want to talk about and we get to kind of pick up a segment that we haven't talked about in a while and that is Conspiracy Camp whoop, whoop. and this one's a little different because it is a confirmed conspiracy camp which is one of my favorite kinds because we can talk about it like real time and be like this fucking happened can you believe it so let's talk about it um, this is on the New York Times and this is sort of I was saying to Will earlier, it's kind of like this is a weekly idiot, but not really. Because there are a lot of idiots in this scenario, but I mean, also... There's a lot of idiots everywhere, but like, what yes. do you consider the weekly idiot? You know what I mean? Yes, I agree. I agree. Jeff Sessions deserved to be the weekly idiot last week. I don't know if the CIA as a whole deserves to be the weekly idiot this week. Um, for the CIA agent who's like looking through my webcam right now, hi, holla at you, Bill. It's nice to see oh, you. Gosh, why haven't you covered that? Do you cover that? I do when I'm at home, but I think I just got this new one and I forgot. Yikes. I've done some real nasty stuff on camera. <clears throat> some real nasty stuff. Oh, God. Me just taking a shit directly on camera. Just, that is the most horrendous I just thing want to become best buddies. Well, I just want to become best buddies with the CIA agent who's watching me. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, hey, Bill. How yeah. are you, how are you, how's your family? Well, you know you can just cover it. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, I will. I should. You know what I realized, too? We don't cover our microphones on our laptops. Yeah, I'm just as fucked, honestly. Yeah, that's pretty bad, too, because I say some really fucked up stuff on this podcast. There's microphones everywhere now, though. Yeah, that's true. We've got one in front of us. We've got an an Amazon Echo. Yeah, we know you're listening, Amazon. Yeah. We have two of them. We have one in the living room and one in the kitchen. I'm telling you. Oh, we live in a world where everyone's trying to get us. But anyways. um... (laughs) That's a whole nother (laughs) topic. That's that's us as the weekly idiot. But anyways. uh, Hunting a CIA mole. Agents gambled and let a suspect return to China. This is something crazy that came up in the news. This is like worldwide espionage news. I love it. As Will said earlier, it's like Homeland. I love it. That's exactly what Will give, said. Give us the whole the whole spiel. Okay, I'll read the article because it's it's kind of a little bit complicated. So it's like stay with us. But espionage is a little bit complicated. Okay. Always, you know, in the spy business. I love. Okay. All right. Okay, no. Do you think there's like a spy bar they all meet at and they're no. like, they're no. like uh, yeah, they'll take a whiskey on the rocks and they look over and like, they give a nod of approval. You know what I mean? And they get taken down into a dark room and then, yeah. and then that's, it's the a spy actual bar, bar is down there. Spy bar but, then, but then you sit at the spy bar and you say, Neapolitan with a twist. And they take you down to another spy bar and, and it goes deeper and deeper. And in fact, the only way they communicate is with a deck of cards. They just slide a card to each other. Oh, I hate and it. And that means... I hate it. That we need to kill someone. Will lives in a world where everything is Now You See Me. That's where Will lives. He loves Now You See Me and Now You See Me. They're not spies in Now You See Me. I know, but you want to include them. They're just bank-robbing magicians, Arden. (laughs) 
The best type of magician. I hate you. I hate you so much. Okay, this starts exactly how Will would like to start this article. It establishes a place. Washington. Washington. In capital letters. Face to face with a former CIA officer in 2013, federal agents took a calculated risk. They did not confront him about the classified information they found in his luggage, and they did not ask what they wanted to know, whether he was a spy for China. It was a life or death call. The Chinese government has been systematically picking off American spies in China, dismantling a network that had taken the CIA years to build. A mole hunt was underway, and the former officer, Jerry Chung Shing Li, was the prime suspect. The FBI could have arrested him on the spot for possessing classified information, but inside, a secretive government task force, investigators argued against it. Former American officials were called. If Mr. Lee was a turncoat, arresting him on an unrelated charge would tip off the Chinese and allow them to cover their tracks. If he was not the mole, and some argued strenuously that he was not, an arrest might allow the real traitor to escape. So the FBI allowed Mr. Lee to return to Hong Kong, court papers show, where he hastily resettled with his family. The agents, working out of an office in Northern Virginia, gambled that by watching patiently, they might piece together how China has decimated the United States spy network and determine whether Mr. Lee had helped. So people were getting picked off. So, okay, some Americans were sent to China. Yep. And they were undercover. Yep. So, and there was, spies. T- there was 10 of them. Spies. There were 10 spies sent to China. They would learn some intel. Mm-hmm. And wearing funny disguises, probably. Oh, yeah. Mustaches and whatnot. And shooting people with pens and all that crap. Mm -hmm. And then they were getting picked off. Yeah. There was an account of someone being, like, in an open mall. Like, an open area getting publicly gunned down. It's Blade Runner, bro. Blade Runner. Like, Blade Runner. But, But the thing is, these are American spies. And this wasn't ages ago. This was in 2013. This is when Obama was president. That's so crazy. Yeah. It's insane. And... And so now they're trying to find this mole. So, 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 um, just so, just so I'm here with you. Uh huh. Um, one man, it was an American man, came back to the U.S. He was natural. He was a naturalized citizen, so he lived in the U.S. And then he moved to China to do work for the U.S. as an undercover spy. As an undercover. But he spy. made it back to the U.S. He made it back to the U.S. Didn't die. Didn't die. And then people started getting picked off. Got it. Mm-hmm. It's. This is a very long article, but I'm going I'm to try to like condense it down. Nearly five years later, when Mr. Lee made a surprise return to the United States this week, the FBI made its move. This happened this week. Shit. He stepped off a Cathay Pacific flight at Kennedy International Airport on Monday and was waved through customs. A waiting FBI agent, Kelly O'Brien, called out his name, according to court records. Mr. Lee answered and was arrested. His apprehension on the single charge could could have been brought years ago, is the latest development in one of the most damaging affairs in modern CIA history. But it does nothing to settle the question of how or whether Mr. Lee was involved. For years, he was the prime suspect in a mole hunt, but officials disagreed over whether he was actually to blame. One government official said there was no plan at the moment to charge Mr. Lee with espionage, handing over American secrets to the Chinese, or anything beyond the one felony count of illegally possessing classified information. He had classified information, which was illegal to have, so that's why they could arrest him. But they can't arrest him for being a mole because they don't necessarily know if that's true. Does that make sense? Yeah, got Yeah, so they got him, but they don't know if he's actually a mole. Neither the FBI nor the Justice Department would discuss this high-stakes backstory on Wednesday. This is an example of the system working, says Ian Pryor, a Justice Department spokesman. The defendant arrived in this country, we apprehended him, and he has been charged with an extremely serious offense. In an email, Mr. Lee's college-age daughter declined to discuss the case and said that no lawyer or family member was available to speak on his behalf. 
The New York Times revealed the decimation of the CIA's network last year, citing 10 current and former government officials officials who were not authorized to speak publicly about the investigation. Several of them identified Mr. Lee as the key suspect at the time. Like, the CIA's network has been compromised. That's like the entire thing that... that, And basically the idea is that China has infiltrated the the CIA. Is it... Is it implied that, like, the ten spies that went out there, some of them were killed? Was it implied that, like, maybe um, Lee had given up, had found out who they were and told the Chinese government, like, yo, these are the people you need to fucking find? Yeah, yeah. No, that's exactly what they think of. Right. That's, that's why they, that's basically why they wanted to arrest him. Ugh. Because they're pretty sure, and then they questioned him. Uh, they, they brought him in for, like, supposed job interviews. Questioned him, like, five different times. And he never gave up the information, but they had found on his person two books, two de- two classified books, which are things that you're not supposed to have on your person at all. One of them was a, they were both coded, but one of them was a date book and one of them had names in it. And like, it was two things that were supposed to relate somehow to everyone who had been killed in China. Whoa. All the spies that had been killed in China. Isn't that crazy? Isn't mm-hmm. that crazy that that shit happens? Mm-hmm. It makes you think, doesn't it? That yep. that are ongoing operations currently, mm-hmm. which we don't know about, yep. which you may never know about. Yeah, and that's the point, is that the CIA is supposed to keep things classified so that they can take care of our country without us really having to deal with it. Yeah. But when, okay, when the CIA noticed in late 2010 that its spies were disappearing, like, some of them were getting killed in public, but some of them were just fucking disappearing. That is so fucking crazy. Suspicion did not immediately turn to Mr. Lee, according to current and former officials, but his fears of a mole grew. Because at first they thought maybe it was just the Chinese government killing off people yeah. that they found. But then it got too specific. It was like too many people, too many of our people are getting killed off like very specifically. The government set up a secret task force of CIA officials and FBI agents. A veteran FBI counterintelligence agent, Charles McGonigal? McGonigal, Yeah was assigned to run it, former American law enforcement officials said. As the disappearances continued, analysts continued. People were still getting, like, popped off. (gasps) You'd be so nervous if you were a spy in China, if you were like, you've been compromised. Get out of there. It's just, I know, but it's it's interesting that you just get, like, these little bits of information, like, sporadically. Do you remember a couple years ago, I was telling you about it, I remember we even spoke about on the podcast, that guy who was the... uh, he was an MI6 agent that... Was zipped up in a bag? They found him zipped up in a bag, like, with a, with a lock on it. And they found him, like, in the bathtub, locked, like, in a bag, completely locked up. And, like, there were no traces... That anyone had that done had it. anyone had come in the room, come in the house, there was no break-in, no security footage, nothing that someone had been in there. But he was, like, in a body bag, locked in. So there's no way Crazy. he could have done it. Crazy. Like, that shit is mind-blowing. Yep. So it just goes to show, people are doing shit that we have no idea is going on, but it's crazy. Like, um, as the disappearances continued, analysts concluded that Mr. Lee, even though he had been out of the CIA for years, like he hadn't been a part of the CIA when this was going on, um, they had, he had known the identities of many of those who had been killed or imprisoned. He showed all the indicators on a government matrix used to identify potential espionage threats. That's a thing. They have a government matrix that shows potential espionage threats. Uh, but warning signs can be wrong. At the CIA, top officials ruefully remembered the treatment of Brian J. Kelly, an agency officer who in the 1990s was wrongly suspected by the FBI of being a Russian spy. So that's, it's happened in the past where people thought that someone was a spy but actually wasn't. Right. Um, in Mr. Lee's case, other possible ex- explanations existed. Some investigators believed that China had cracked the CIA system for communicating with its informants. 
oh my God, can you imagine? There's a CIA system about how to like communicate with your spies. Like, like putting a cup of coffee with your name on it in like a mailbox and or then pick it up. No, and not a deck of play. Will? No. Listen, on No deck of playing if cards. If I was managing my agents, you bet your ass you'd be communicating How with playing cards. How obvious is playing cards? No, it's not. It's really... Who leaves, like, a king of hearts and an ace of spades on, like, a table? Like, who does that? Exactly. Nobody does. No, spies do. Spies, spies do. Spies do. Yeah, I don't... Listen, I don't uh-huh. think any spy has done that. I don't think Chinese government are going to go, oh, that's the king of hearts. There must be in that, like, we're going to take down Russia... I mean, if anybody's watched a James Bond film, they probably will. I don't think it's done. James Bond is an original Casino idea. Royale. It's not, Casino it's not, Royale. No, they're playing a poker game in Royale. I'm talking That's about... That's cards! No, but they're not communicating via spy that way. They communicate be, Bruh. via poker chips. Bruh. Incorrect Mondo. They communicate via poker chips. You're just mad because you didn't come up with the idea. Oh my god, sure. We'll go with that. Um, another group accused CIA officials in Beijing of being sloppy and allowing themselves to be identified when meeting with their informants. So, like, no one really knows if it was... Who it was that did it. But then... The FBI was watching in August 2012 when Mr. Lee returned to the United States with his family. Agents secretly entered his hotel rooms in Hawaii and Virginia and discovered two small books with handwritten notes that contained classified information, including the identities of undercover CIA officials, court papers show. They found the names of the people who had been killed off or imprisoned in this book. The information the book contained, including details about meetings between the CIA informants and undercover agents, as well as their real names, phone numbers, matched documents that Mr. Lee had written while at the CIA, according to court documents. It's not clear whether any of the people identified in his documents were part of the Chinese roundup of CIA sources, but the agents spoke with him repeatedly in the following months. They, they like, talked to him, tried to figure out if there was something... Just, it just, just seems, like, kind of stupid to, like, have a lot of information in, like, a book you're carrying around. Yeah, you would think so. Like, put that shit, like... In a safe yeah. or a vault or leave it in the country that you are doing spy it, work in. digest it, put it in your fucking body. Don't just, like, leave it around. I mean, granted, he was in a, he, were, he was in locked hotel rooms. They picked the locks of his hotel rooms. Yeah, but you're not just going to leave, like, a leather book lying around. Because I imagine it's a leather book. Two leather books. With a code in it. With codes, yeah. With real identities and stuff. But, I mean, they broke in and then went through all his shit. It's not like he, like, left them out. Still, like, there's got to be a better way to keep that shit locked down. Do you think? Yeah. Wow. It's crazy that they finally caught him, though. Because he left after that. Like, they found those books on him and then they let him go. I see. Because they couldn't pin it on him. They couldn't, like, nail it down. No. But now that they've gotten more information on him. They've got him. Yeah, they've got him. They arrested him. They got Lee. Yeah, they, they got, got Lee. They got Lee. Oh, God. I don't know if we can talk about conspiracy camp anymore if you're going to keep bringing up you. I, what did I do? What did I do just then? You got happy. You got happy about something. Oh, I can't be happy about something. <laughs> I can't be happy. Not when you put on an American accent and you pretend like you're in a spy show. Well, like, how is that harming you? How is that harming you? I think it's harming the general public. I, guys, I think... People listening to this appreciate that adding a bit of humor to the show. Whereas you, the little cynical little rat over there, <gasps> can't take a little funny spy joke. All right. Well, do you live in Arden? All right. I live in a world where I tried to open a tomb with a diamond, so it's fine. I'm, I'm cool with my choices, all right? Um, but anyway, so that's, that's what happened. That is Conspiracy Camp. 
It's pretty buck wild. Um, yeah. All right. Well, that's probably going to do it for us. I hope you guys enjoyed that. That was a fun time. And I hope that if there's any update to any of the spy shit, you let us know. You bet your ass we're going to be talking about it. Yep. We will. We will be talking about it more, hopefully next week, uh, which would be which would be wonderful. Make sure to keep sending us stuff, by the way, on Twitter, um, at Crash on My Couch, at... No, not at Crash <laughs> <laughs> At Will Derbyshire, at Odin Rose, hashtag Crash, crash on, on My Couch. couch. Please send us stuff because it helps us come up with new topics for you that you want to see. We love hearing from you, uh, little turds. We love it. Um, So hit us up. Uh, I hope everyone's been having a good new year thus far. I mean, we're pretty deep in January, so um, I hope everyone's feeling productive and excited about the new year. I know I'm I'm going back to L.A. next week. I'm excited about that. We're going to L.A. We're going to L.A. If you can guess what quote that's from. You win so many brownie points. The first person to... Tw- okay. Like, do you want to say it one more time? Say, say the... Okay. Okay. This is the quote. This is like a new thing we're going to do. Yeah. <gasps> Ooh, yes. Okay. The first person to get this gets a shout out in the next podcast. Okay. Okay. We're going to LA. We're going to LA. Okay. Okay. So... If you can get that classic quote... And don't look it up either. Don't be one of those people that's like, mm, I wonder what that is that looks it up. Don't look it just up. Just know it. Just know it. And if you don't, let somebody else get it. Yeah, and just FYI, Will's mom knows the quote. So if you don't know the quote... We all know the quote. We've got a problem with you. But anyways, um, thank you guys so much for listening. Will, would you like to add anything? Nope. Thank you. And, uh... <laughs> Will, uh, you are so... Nope. Thank you. Bye. Um, thank you for listening. And uh, we're signing off. We're signing off? We're signing off. All right. Talk to you guys next week. Next week. Bye! Crash on My Couch would not be Crash on My Couch without the help of these wonderful people. Mm-hmm. A special thanks to executive producer Tim Street, my manager Byron Ashley, producer Emma Kikuchi, and our editor Jason Perrier, and for production assistance from Alan Ortega. Thank you guys.